You're listening to Mischief Media. Hey there, Nonplus listeners. You're the sort of person who likes to partake of a tipple from time to time. A what? A tipple. You know, it's a bit of, it's a bit of booze, but coyly and a little British. Coyly British is my stage name. Okay. If you enjoy a cocktail from time to time and you're looking to jazz things up a bit, you should definitely check out Shaker and Spoon. Yeah, Shaker and Spoon is a really cool subscription service that helps you be your own mixologist. They send you a new box every month centered around a carefully curated cocktail theme. Inside, you'll find all your ingredients, instructions, and even mixology definitions to help you craft your very own fancy cocktails. You provide the poison, Shaker and Spoon provides the pizzazz. To sign up and get $20 off your first box, head over to shakerandspoon.com forward slash nonplussed. Again, that's shaker, A-N-D, spoon.com slash nonplussed to get 20% off your first order. I'll drink to that. And one for Molly. You and I both know at 11 years old, I weren't interested in kissing some older woman who looked no, like this. Not at all. So I oh, was not in the target no, demographic. No, not at all. But <laughs> what is that voice? I don't know. <laughs> oh, no. Another episode of Non Plus, a gay romp through the Disney Plus vault. That over there is my husband, Clancy. And over there is my husband, Josh. And this is Non Plus, a mischief media podcast. Happy April. I hope none of you were too fooled. No. And I'm kind of glad that there wasn't all that fucking not April I, Fool's nonsense. You say that, but I literally purchased the result of an April Fool's nonsense, and it's sitting under my desk right now. This I guess, Xbox refrigerator. That's I guess what I'm saying. Enough. Like when they become practical, I'm all in. But until then, uh, leave yeah. me alone with it. Exactly. Um, mischief merch, as always. Let's do a quick update. If you haven't been lately, there's a gorgeous new goddess of mischief, athletic, athleisure, athle whatever line. We've got your little your tops and your your little leggings too. There's also a Sylvie embroidered patch. We've got some trick arrow flip flops. Yeah. Somebody heard me because we've got Wanda's hex plus size leggings. Hell yeah. We've got this Miss Captain Marvel one piece swimsuit that actually is white on the inside. But at first I thought it was sort of a like a string situation, <laughs> an like assless a, portion, like an assless one piece. <laughs> but I, you know, I was just trying to figure out how it works. There's also an adorable new gay agenda mug. That's um, fun. I, I just get one and scare the straights in your life. And they come in two sizes. You got 11 and 16 ounce. Yep. Um, all that and more at mischiefmerch.com. If it's MCU stuff, if it's nonplus stuff, enter code nonplus 10 to get 10% off your order. Absolutely. Um, what's going on in Disney plus land? We saw Moon Knight. Moon Knight's out. We're loving Moon Knight. Yeah. New episode uh, this week as well, which is, yes. uh, yeah, I'm, uh, it, it's, it's so much better than Morbius. It really is. <laughs> we saw Morbius as well. Not great. I don't, yeah, you don't need to you waste can wait your for time. that one. Don't, don't waste your money. I can't wait for Dr. Strange mom. Tickets go on sale soon. Yes. Um, yeah, that's really all that I better Nate than ever. I want to watch. It's new on Disney Plus. Yes, if, I did see that. That go, looks delightful. Go ahead and take, take a look and let us know what you think um, on social media or an email or whatever. Um, but 
We tend to not watch things that are fun and delightful and life affirming here. We watch things that make us wonder what we've done with our time. Yeah. Such is the case with this week's film. Clancy, what did we watch? The movie this week was Blank Check. Released February 11th, 1994. A brisk runtime of 94 minutes. Directed by Rupert Wainwright, who is known for uh, directing and producing several MC Hammer videos. (laughs) I can see that with the camera zooms in and out and some of those scenes. Some of those quick cuts. My God. I copied and pasted this note from the Wikipedia page just because it made me laugh. It says not to be confused with singer Rufus Wainwright. Yeah. And Um, also... Just to be clear, all of our research here was from Wikipedia, IMDb, Rotten Tomatoes, and Box Office Mojo. I skipped it this time. I, I was know. just trying to get through it. It's Jesus. all good. It's all bad. It was <laughs> written by Blake Snyder and Colby Carr. We've got quite the cast um, with yeah. quite the pedigree here. We start with Brian Bonsall as Preston Waters, a.k.a. Mr. McIntosh. He was the youngest of the Keatons on Family Ties. And later played Worf's son on Star Trek The Next Generation. That's fun. Yeah. Uh, We have Karen Duffy as Shay Stanley. She was also in Last Action Hero and Dumb and Dumber. That's right. Isn't that funny? Yeah. Miguel Ferrer as Carl Quigley, um, who also has a Star Trek credit, but was the vice president in Iron Man 3, who was funding extremists or whatever secretly. Yada, yada, yada. So he's got some MCU ties. Uh, Michael Lerner as Edward Biederman. Bitterman. Bitterman. Be- Bitterman. It's Bitterman, right? Bitter- I, I, it was Bitterman. Bitterman. Bidet man. I'm not Bitterman about it. No, he was a senator in Days of Future Past, but he's also a very like well-known yes. um, character actor. He's one of those guys like you see his face and you go, oh, I know him. Oh, for sure. Uh, we've got Tone Loke as Juice. Yeah, yes, we, I would listen yeah. to that. I would listen to that man read a lasagna recipe. Hell- you, you gonna pull the salt? Like, it's, there's something about that. Funky Comedina. Like, it's that naturally gravelly. Yeah. Like, I would say the phone book, but I would probably fall asleep to the phone book. I want him to read something that's mildly sexual, but is ultimately about food. Yes. I want Tone Loke to be my personal Nigella Lawson. Anyway, moving on. <laughs> James Rebhorn as Fred Waters, another character actor. He passed away not too long ago, yeah. but um, uh, I, I instantly recognized him as Liz's dentist from 30 Rock. <laughs> <laughs> we have uh, Jane Atkinson as Sandra Waters. Uh, she's she was the adoptive mom for Free Willy. Yeah, uh, Rick Ducommon as Henry, another big like '90s character actor. Debbie Allen as Yvonne. She is a Houston native, and her ass is still tip tapping and teaching dancers at her school in L.A. Yes, girl, get it. And she was nominated for the Tony in the Broadway revival of uh, West Side Story. Rad for her portrayal of Anita. That's fun. Yeah. Uh, we have Chris Dimitrol as uh, Damian Waters. Yep. Michael Faustino as Ralph Waters. And Alex Zuckerman as Butch. Yeah. What a cast. What a cast. All over the place. I, it, we, <sighs> I mean, what do we say? What is there to say before actually talking about this movie? It's, there, it is a crystallization of all sorts of 90s uh, uh, attitudes. Yeah. I, There's a degree of. The exaltation of consumerism, <sighs> heavy-handed misogyny, so misogynistic. So, th- and there's a there's just a, a pedof- like a pedophilia uh, vein that a, goes a sousson of pedophilia <laughs> that just, just a, goes a through. Oh, it, it marbles this movie, and it's, it's awful. And, wait, and it's yeah. odd because it's when you look at it from a casting perspective, and you consider yeah. this is a family-friendly Disney movies from the '90s. There are three named roles for actors of color 
who are all in some way integral to the plot. I'm, I mean, yeah. It's kind sure. of wild when you think about for it. For sure. But the rest of it is nonsense. The rest of it it's is nonsense. Absolute trash nonsense. It, it is trash. That is yes. a good descriptor for it. Let's just get this Let's over Let's get with. into it. <clears throat> 11-year-old Preston Waters is sad he's broke compared to his entrepreneurial brothers who convert his room into their office and his investor father, who forces him to attend his bully Butch's birthday with almost no money to play at Cliffside Fun Park. After trying to open an account with a birthday check from his grandma, he gets in a bike accident with escaped convict Carl Quigley, who had just left a zero Halliburton briefcase containing $1 million in stolen cash in the care of bank president Biederman to be laundered and retrieved by an associate the next day. Afraid of drawing attention from the police, Quigley hastily hands Preston a signed blank check and flees the scene. Oh. This is a wild setup for a movie from the jump. It really is. It starts like all family-friendly comedies do with an escaped convict running down the train tracks in the rain. You know. Oh, that's casual right. Casual family comedy yeah, that, stuff. that happened at the beginning of this movie. Just huffing My and God. raining and... Then yes, I didn't realize these were called zero Halliburton cases. And yes, that Halliburton. Wait, what does that even mean? Those kinds of cases, those aluminum cases yeah. that are a fucking MacGuffin trope in every movie you've ever seen. Okay. That, that is about like spies or there being a bomb or sure. a suitcase handcuffed to somebody. You know what I mean? Yeah. They're called zero Halliburton cases. So called because old Mr. Halliburton, the original Halliburton oil fields guy, um, the engineers that he would bring out, this is one of those situations where I'm dovetailing into a fun fact because the movie is actually trash. Um, <laughs> this, he commissioned a company to make these because he would bring engineers out to the Texas oil fields and their suitcases would get all beat up. Oh, and in okay. the construction with these aluminum, it was also an airtight seal so that water and dirt couldn't get it. Got it. So when you're in the Texas oil fields back when, uh, this Bush castle house that we'll get to here in a minute. Um, was converted from a water tower into a castle. Again, lots of fun Texas history in this film. It's honestly, researching this film is better for the Texas history than, than anything you would get out of the film itself. Yeah. Point is, that Halliburton had these cases invented, and now you've seen them in every movie since the 60s. Got it. Um, can we talk about him having just safety welding gear available to... Just in this abandoned... Yeah. The suspension of disbelief required for like, it's stunning when you think about it, really the, what they expected their audience to just get on board with. Yeah. And I didn't through that. There was at no point of this movie where I was like, yeah, this seems plausible. No. Or yeah, this seems fine. No, this movie was utter nonsense and just absolute trashiness that I just couldn't get over. No. Like, and the, these kids storm in, they're taking over their little brother's room right. with their dad's like permission. And he's, well, you know, they're entrepreneurs, so they need the space. What I'm a, sorry. They have their own fucking rooms that they can be entrepre turn, entrepreneurs. Turn in. their room into an office, make yeah. it a garage. Like you're actively shitting on your kid and prizing the concept of hyper capitalism in your own home. Yeah. While completely giving your youngest kid the shaft. It feels feels wrong and everything about it and like the fact that they like steal his money while the dad is in the fucking room watching it happen yeah, and, and basically dad's saying well because you're not an uh, an enterprising enough capitalist then your brothers are going to take your living space and your money which you haven't earned you've just been given yeah. to it you fucking lay about I've given this a lot of thought and I've decided that 
Since Damien and Ralph have their own room? Preston, they need the space for their business. Not my space. Well, young, young man, in this family industry gets rewarded. See, while you're in here playing, your brothers are hard at work. Yeah, kissing butt for money. But also, this was all just to put a Macintosh computer in his room that apparently his work was getting rid of those things. Yeah, well, I mean, and again, this is another thing about it being a crystallization of the early 90s. Like, new movies were all like, hey, check out computers. Yeah. Look at these things. That's wild, huh? Look at what a computer can do. Okay, guys, the first thing that you need to know is that the internet is amazing and it's changing every day. Once you've learned how to get online yourselves, you'll start seeing web pages everywhere. TV shows have them, schools, Disney World, even the White House. What's a web page? Something ducks walk on? But yeah, it just, it was nonsense. But you know what a computer can do, according to Dad? Hmm. Well, don't worry, boy. Software in here will teach you how to do everything but make love to a woman. Hmm. Now I know what program to get your father for Christmas. Oops. And this is where, like, I immediately started the cringe factor, which is, uh, like, at 27 out of 10. Oh, yeah. Just some of the lines like this. The note I had was, we're off to the heteronormative races. Yeah. (laughs) Because Um, it starts here and it does not stop for the rest mm, of the movie. Nope. nope, It's more jokes, more cracks, more shit like this. And it's all for presumably 11-year-olds like the main character. Presumably, that's the target audience for this film. And when you think about that, some choices make more sense, but are just that much more disgusting. Right. Because a group of people sat in a room and said, what do 11-year-old boys want to see? They want to see other 11-year-old boys kissing adult women. You You look confused. you, you (laughs) You were 11 years old at this time when this movie came out. This was 94. Oh, yeah. No, I'm the same age as... This guy. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. I, yeah, I could not identify with any of this. It was gross and cringe. And, and what I just kind of parents deal. make you go to your bully's birthday party where money is required? Right. Okay. So first of all, hi, Six Flags Fiesta, Texas. That's yeah, what this place true. is. It's all Six Flags Fiesta, Texas. And you know how we know? Because some parts of it haven't been updated since. They sent their son to Six Flags. Well, no, 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 no. Because even then, Six Flags was not a coin operated because that's all part of this conceit is that you know, capitalism and consumerism are what's Mm -hmm. driving his need here. Got it. My point is, even if you were having your birthday party at Chuck E. Cheese, it is the parent's job on one end or the other to go, do I need to send my child with money? And if so, how much? Right. And then to make an informed decision about whether or not their child is going to this party. They forced their child to go to this party and gave him $6. Yeah, which couldn't even get him a ride on the Rattler. And his dad's just like, well, it's because you don't work. You are the primary source of income in a, this situation, sir. If he's going to work for anybody, he should be working for you. And not to mention he's 11 years old. That is child That's labor. That is awful. At 11 years old, if you're going to try to teach your kid about, you know, earning and saving whatever, yeah. then you give them chores and you pay them an allowance. You don't tell them to go out and find a fucking job. Right. Or tell them that, oh, a penny saved is a money earned. Go fuck yourself. That Go is absolutely nonsense. And you, and he absolutely knows it. And the fact that I like, just want to point out yeah. in case anyone else is wondering, you did just say a penny saved is a money earned. Oh, I thought I said, a, I thought I said a penny. You didn't. Twice. Anyways. <laughs> right. Or tell them that, oh, a penny saved is a money earned. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> but you know, I like the monies. I like money. <laughs> And you know what? A penny saved is a money earned. I mean, exactly. Because something about interest and taking 300,000 years. I don't know. There's just it also is. the failed concept of just trying to earn interest off of $11. Yeah. If you don't continue to make money, your, your interest yeah. is. I, 
but then it also doesn't like it doesn't assume that the interest is getting compounded back into like there's just yeah look by the time i was this kid's literally by the time i was this kid's age i had done the childhood banking thing at my elementary school and i had a bank account and i knew the basics of money does not grow where money does not get put yes but also okay so the kid gets a birthday check from his grandma that's yes and they the dad makes it out to eleven dollars great that's still fraud um it absolutely (laughs) is call your mother and be like hey ma you a re-up your pills because B, you forgot to actually fill out this check and because, this is dangerous. Yes, absolutely. You know, who else are you sending these out to? Well, not only that, what if somebody snatched the card out of the mailbox For and sure. filled it in? Right. Which is the point, right? But anyways, goes to the goes to the bank, hands it to uh Where, to Shay, right? Yeah, Shay. Now, I you might you're a little bit younger than me, so mm-hmm. you might not be able to answer this question, but did they have headshots of their tellers at banks in the 90s? I don't just think so. out on the wall on a flyer and not just the <laughs> one teller. There were multiple tellers that worked there, but she just her headshot. You had old bulldog grouchy bag of bones that wanted to drag <laughs> Preston around. I'm later. sorry. What did you call her bulldog grouchy bag of bones? Oh my God. And her headshot weren't outside on the outside of the building. Yes. A kid walks up to you and says, Hey, I'd like to open a bank account. Hey, I'm sorry. You have to have at least $200. I had a checking account when I was young. I didn't have to put $200 into that account. I just told you I did the same thing. Right. I started it on $10. Surely a bank has a childhood account. However, you would have to have your parent there. Blah, 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 blah. Anyway. Why continue. wouldn't she just, they just the check? give him the $11? Especially in the 90s. <laughs> right. Like, they wouldn't have batted an eye. Today, I don't know, an 11-year-old walking into a chase with a check. She's still going to want to see a parent or an ID because it's 2022. Right. In 1994, a bank teller would have been, absolutely. Do you also need a pack of smokes for your parent? You know what I mean? Like, that's... <laughs> That was yes, the situation at absolutely. the time. Yes. Uh, but is she flirting with him? He okay. comes in with, he, he, he commiserates with the statue of Atlas feeling like he's got the weight of the world on his shoulders because <laughs> his dad won't give him money to go to the fucking theme park. But honestly, that's a vibe though. This kid is she, mistreated. This kid is, is yeah, sure. abused. Uh, uh, that does not excuse the woman going, well, come back and see me when you've got $200. Winky, winky. That could take a million years. Well... Whenever you're ready, please come back and see me, okay? My name's Shay Stanley. Ask for me. Okay, I'll do that. Thanks. Bye-bye. I'll see you next time. I hope it's not in a million years. Bye-bye. Federal agent? Like, we'll get there in a minute. Sure. Come on, lady. The sexual overtones are gross. This is a child that we're it talking smells about. Smells like a junior high locker room in here. Yeah, it's not great. Metaphorically speaking. And then he comes out of the bank. Is this bully following him? Because literally he walks out the door and that kid snatches that check. A, push that kid over. Fuck that kid. Yes. Push him over right on that bike. Because mm-hmm. he's on a sidewalk. He can't get too far. You no. clearly, you had, you could, you, come on. He he snatched it. You could have just immediately taken also, your foot and kicked his bike Also, over. I get it, kid, but it's $11. Go home and tell your dad and have your dad call Butch's parents. And if Butch's parents aren't going to discipline Butch. Now that said, Butch might be getting too disciplined at home. I think Butch is acting out because he's got a lot of problems here. But my point is, at this point, a good father would just give his son $11 and say, man, that sucks. I'm sorry you got robbed. But this is a lesson about, you know, putting, because that's a lesson my mom loved to do. Don't put your money out. Don't leave a store with, don't leave the counter with your money out. 
you put everything in your wallet so that nobody can take your shit. Yeah, that was. I, I do remember being told that like always put your money away, don't count it in public, yeah, that sort no. of thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. We, we get this accident, so he's chasing Butch and yeah. ends up behind Quigley's car after Quigley has just threatened Biederman, Biderman, barely even human. <laughs> and effectively, what is happening here is that a kid is almost getting run over by a car. Yes. And everyone's just trying to brush it off and be fine about it. And then we get Butch again, accusing uh, accusing Quigley of being an alcoholic, but a very specific alcoholic. Yeah. What about my bike? Kid, was I the one who parked there? Are you all right? He's fine. It was just a little accident. He's okay. I think this guy's been drinking vodka. I have not been drinking... <laughs> I don't drink at all. Seriously. Seriously. Kid, talk to me. How much you want for the bike? A thousand bucks. I'm not talking to you. Bye, kid. Go on, walk away. And this is where I question about <laughs> what's going back on at Butch's home. Like, all right. Well, he, sure, he got this was where his birthday was and he had $50 to spend on tokens. Yeah. But somebody in that house is an alcoholic. Mm-hmm. <sighs> yes. And also the fact that there were witnesses, not just Butch. There were adults that saw this child get hit by a car yeah. and no one came to his aid. Until literally the last minute. Yeah. Ugh. And then the cops come, we get the inciting incident. He, yeah, gives him a blank check, which yeah. is the title of the movie, which I don't know if I said that earlier. Yes. I did. I said it like 12 yes. times. That's why yeah. I, that was the joke. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Let's move on. <laughs> While grounded for not taking care of his possessions, Preston uses his computer to fill out the check himself for $1 million and attempts to cash it the next day. He is taken to Bitterman, who, believing Preston is Quigley's associate Juice, fills Preston's backpack with $1 million in clean money, well, and sends him on his way just as the real Juice arrives for the money. Angered by the mix-up, Quigley sets out with Bitterman and Juice to find Preston and reclaim the money. Meanwhile, Preston goes on a spending spree in the name of a mysterious employer he created named Macintosh, as voiced by Macintosh when making over-the-phone purchases, like for a house. Okay, so yeah, A, that money was not clean. That was the it money. It was literally that, not clean. Right. That was the money that needed to be laundered by Jews. Literally and figuratively, as we'll find out later. Yes. <laughs> his parents scold him. Yes. Because his bike got run over by someone who wasn't paying attention. Your child almost got so- <laughs> injured and I, they grounded him. I started having PTSD because look. I got into a couple of fender benders in high school and not once, nary a once, did my mother ask if I was okay when calling <laughs> to report, respond, report the damage. Mom, I just got into a fender bender. What happened to the car? Not am I okay? Because she just assumed if I was making the phone call that yeah. I wasn't in an ambulance somewhere. So it was okay to be mad at me <laughs> and not at all concerned about my feelings or emotions or anxiety or worry to the point where when I snuck away one weekend to go to Dallas with some friends without telling anybody, cause I was at Nick's house and Nick was at my house and Sarah had just told her mother she was going away for the weekend. And I got an accident in Dallas. I lived with my friend Nick for a week and a half because I was terrified of my mother finding out. So many things are making sense, right? Yeah. My, one of the speech teachers at the high school put the repairs on her credit card because I was I terrified yep, I of remember. my mom finding out. And I paid her back through freshman year college. Uh, oh, drama. Anyway, my point is these parents are dicks. Um, <laughs> yeah. Presumably his handwriting is awful. 
Because why did we need this whole montage of him figuring out a way to print text onto a check as if it was some sort of high tech? I think I think it was. I think the idea was is that he was originally going to do it for two hundred dollars, and and that would have been the end of it. And honestly, he, my point is he didn't need the computer for any of it. No, but I think the idea was that he kept backspacing and putting it on there because once you write on a check, you can't erase it. So I think the idea was is that he was doing okay. all of the work on the computer okay. so that it didn't. But it is a nonsense and, and stupid thing. Use a piece of paper to, to uh, practice on beforehand Sounds if you're that concerned. Right. Anyways. Just again, the flimsiest of conceits in the show. All, why was the scene so fucking long? Why was he looking over his shoulder and get, get a sudden idea about the title? And then when he's in the bank... And they're looking through that security camera. Why does it seem like this cop is flirting with him? Hey, Sonny. Cashing a big one today? Uh, sort of. This cop is like the second yes. adult to say something suggestive to this child. My God. Uh, and then these close-ups that happen between Bitterman and Preston. Yes. Uncomfortable. When grumpy Bulldog McGillicuddy. What did I call her? <laughs> yeah when she doesn't believe that this is a million dollar check that's that's a good check it's just nonsense that like i it, it again it made me it the whole thing was cringy and just made me feel uncomfortable yeah because you've also got this idiot who's believing that this kid is effectively a mule for some sort of criminal yes yes how is, how is and that? then is fine with it <laughs> it's fine with it and then it's like, okay, yeah, no, this this makes absolute sense, huh? Okay, it's one he's in the using afternoon. kids now. Yeah. Why isn't this kid in high school? And somebody asks it later, I think Tone Loke, but like all of this takes place over the course of six mm -hmm. days, which you find out at the end, but I've got problems with that. It, 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 is it summer? Is it spring break? Should he be at school? What's going on? Yeah. It, the, the this was released in February. So even if you thought it was happening in real time, what's going on? Yeah, it doesn't it doesn't make any sense. Not one lick of sense. This is where I had the note though that I would listen to Tone Loke read a lasagna recipe <laughs> specifically. Um but speaking of Tone Loke, they write him uh, like the again, the misogyny uh race is coming round the oh, bend the because here's Tone Loke walking down a hallway. Oh, What's wrong with you, little boy? I'm sorry. You're messing up a view as good as all that. I'm sorry. What you doing out of school anyway, huh? Now you know you ought to be in school. And again, relating about this woman's body to an 11-year-old who is presumably the target audience. Yeah. These 11-year-olds who are supposed to be familiar enough with funky Cole Medina to think the tone look is cute. Not cute. Cool. Don't look as cute though. Yeah, but but again, it's it it is especially for a Disney movie. It's insanely horny for no reason, and we're it's the gross. ones supposedly trying to indoctrinate children. But this is the sort of dross that Disney flung in the nineties. Come Absolutely. the fuck on, people! Jesus, you know what? Sleeping Beauty literally ends with a man kissing a woman without her consent while she's knocked the fuck out. Don't come to me for indoctrination, ma'am. It's exactly. been happening for centuries. The misogyny is what we were talking about. For sure. But I mean, the, it's all, it, I just, I feel I, like I need to go take a shower. Truly. Like, but again, it, very much a crystallization of its time. These were jokes that were considered like funny and whatever. But uh, speaking of like, we get to that boutique and that is, that is the nineties of nineties boutiques. You could go back to pretty woman and clock some of the styles 
from that boutique into oh, this sure. boutique yes. with the odd sort of geometric sunglasses and the high-waisted jeans and even the like, here, kid, have some espresso because that means you're rich. Right, because you're getting <laughs> served a drink while you're, while you're shopping. shopping. But also yeah. it's espresso and everyone's in sunglasses. Everyone. Because it's the it's 90s. indoors. <laughs> Everyone is in these tiny round glasses, which I mean, mind you, the ones that are like square with like those outsides, I would rock those 100%. Absolutely. But. We've glossed over the fact that he's just bought a limo and cash for an indeterminate amount of time. Right. And Henry becomes literally his only friend throughout <laughs> right. the rest of the and movie. It's just weird. And it's not even that he's actually his friend. Dude, you just paid this man, this middle-aged, out-of-shape mm-hmm. man who is working in the service industry, and thus for tips, you gave him fat wads of cash. Of course he's going to hang around with you and play all week. He doesn't need to do anything else right now. Yeah, He's put that in the bank, and he's just going to come dick around with you while you foot the bill? Of course, kid. But the premise itself is skeezy. Right. The whole thing. Absolutely. Because then he gets pulled up. And he's hanging off the roof of this limo and he starts scamming on Shay while she's out for a run. Ah, pull over, Henry. Shay, stop! Hey! Ah, you scared me. Sorry. Preston, right? You've got a good memory. Great kid. Thanks. Very nice. Very nice. Nice wheels. Oh, this? Uh, it's my boss, Mr. McIntosh. Do you want to ride? No, thanks. I'm out of shape. Not from where I'm sitting, you aren't. Which was just, again, it, it made, it's just uncomfortable. Why? And you know what? Cat he's calling. He's it's, literally uh, mimicking the behavior that he just saw Tone Loke exhibit. This I, is what I'm saying. We're not the ones indoctrinating children. It's not us. Not us. It's, it's not us. It's Tone Loke. <laughs> Specifically, <laughs> Tone Loke. But you know, it wasn't until post-shopping spree um, that it became clear to me that Castle House is on the same road as Preston's house. Yes. It, it down the road, literally down the street. I mean, I guess it makes sense because he was walking home. He saw the realty sign, flipped the thing off of it so that he could take it into his house to I, buy this house. I think, I think this is a situation where the, the setting had to serve the plot and not the other way around. Yes, They saw the house I, they wanted and they went, okay, well we can film in this one down the street too. Because when you think well, of this, like, I'm creating another fantasy world for myself that I can control like that trope. Sure. This is not far enough removed to feel like you're living a different life. And even still, you ask, why is he not living in his house? Because he had to maintain his cover. Right. Which blows the whole thing. Like, why? What is he even doing? And why is he blowing? Uh, like, uh, uh, and I never want to hear anyone say Mr. McIntosh ever <laughs> fucking again, ever it was said so many times in this Mr. McIntosh, Mr. McIntosh, Mr. McIntosh. I fucking <laughs> hated it. I was just like, I just don't, I, I wanted to, I was about to turn the movie off and be like, we need to pick something else I mean, because this was, uh, and it, it, this movie was just hard. It was hard to watch. Based on the book, Stone Cold Bummer by Manipulate. Can we talk about Quigley using the newspaper to go find kids? I... <laughs> Why, why is that a thing that, that a, you, that's not how things work, but also no. like it, it's so predatory. The only people who aren't predatory towards this kid in this movie are his parents. His parents would rather him pay rent. Clearly. Absolutely. <laughs> well, no, they're, they're effectively slumlords. Like this kid has no one in his court. They've gone from, you don't have a job. You only have $11. A penny saved is a money earned. You need to get your ass out and work. Right. To suddenly He's, as one of his brothers says, Why are you dressed like a game show host? Going out tonight. Just a minute, young man. You're still grounded. 
But it's for Mr. McIntosh. I don't care. McIntosh may have a pile of money, but he doesn't decide when my son is or isn't grounded. But it's for my job. Your job is to be grounded. Grounded. In a Mondrian print vest in this blue suit. And his parents are just like, oh, you got a job in the past 36 hours? Yeah. That's great. And you're already this well paid? Awesome. And he's, oh, he must be as amazing as you say he like, just not, taking this happening? all for fucking granted. And what like, I'm sorry, your kid is, your, your 11-year-old is out all night driving through the city. Making mad Skrilla. Right. And, <laughs> and buying, th- buying things and taking women uh, twice his, uh, three times his age. I think. Three times his age. Well, let's. Well, that would be 30. That would be 33. I don't know how old she is. I don't think she was 33 at the time. And now I'm going to put a marker in because I don't want to accidentally overage her because that feels misogynistic in and of itself. Karen Duffy at the time. So she was born in 62. I think she was in her early 62, 72, 82, 92. She was 32. Oh, my God. She was three times his age. She was three times his age. She was literally three times his age. (laughs) I'm leaving all of that in. I'm leaving it all in. Oh my God. So, the, the, and it's just, it, again, it just, I, oh, I did not like it. I didn't like no, it. No. And the whole pool situation. Look, I, every time he spent money on something, I was like, ah, that's going to take a bigger chunk out of a million dollars. That, ah, that's going to, huh, ah. And yeah, literally he gets a water park slide, put it in, in, in his, yeah. in this house that he buys. So the construction of putting the slide into the wall first and foremost, that's going to knock you back uh, at least five digits. Yeah. Probably the high five digits. Mm-hmm. And then to build that whole structure and do the plumbing into this pool. Now that pink Cadillac now, floaty. Yes. I'm here for that. For sure. I do want to commend uh, Preston on his uh, managing of logistics of all of these vendors all d- descending on his house at once. In days like literally in a day and that's when his he dad had, comes over and he's like hey hello, what's going on mister but what are you doing son? and he sees his son working but again an 11 year old working should be like mowing lawns you right. know what i mean picking up trash or something raking leaves not not working as for a an, project um, foreman on a house you just managed to buy in cash right and it's already out of escrow everything's already done i guess in hours and they just yeah they just straight up left. it's bananas it is bananas it's bananas girl Shall we move on? Uh, we shall. Chase Stanley, a teller from the bank, seeks out Preston and his employer, Mr. McIntosh, after the realtor who sold the house to McIntosh deposits $300,000 cash with her bank. An undercover FBI agent investigating Bitterman for money laundering, Shay is suspicious of the sudden flow of cash that has come through Bitterman's bank and follows the trail to Preston slash McIntosh. Preston claims that he handles some of McIntosh's financial affairs, which is perfectly normal for an 11-year-old, and the two end up going on a business date. Later, Preston throws an expensive birthday party for himself and McIntosh, inviting Shay and Henry to the party. The driver hanging out with his child the entire time. It's gross. And again, predatory. It's truly predatory because Henry's only hanging around because he got paid. The conversations that he's having with Preston are just again it's just it's gross it's misogynistic it's yeah. it's richie rich is a better exercise in this sort of like uh commercialism worship fantasy you know sure. what i mean yeah um because at least he engages his friends with his money when he's giving him, old people and he's giving him date tips like to a child that whole scene is skeezy yeah as we start getting more and more towards like the sexualization of all of this it's just 
It felt so icky. There was a line where he was uh, telling him to bring some plastic baggies so that he can stuff his pocket full of hot wings. You know, if you really want to go upscale, that all-you-can-eat salad bar, women love that. Take some with you, you know? Line your pockets with plastic bags. Put the food in there because it doesn't say all-you-can-eat here. Does it say here on the sign? I don't think so. So you take something back for later. A little snackaroo. Oh, women love that. You get home and you got a pocket full of hot wings. There's nothing more that impresses a woman. That whole exchange (laughs) about the hot tips on a date, sir. Now, to be fair, Josh, if I had done that and like we got home and I pulled out a packet of hot wings that I was like, I brought this from the restaurant. What would your reaction have been? I don't know who those are for. I don't order hot wings. I get the Dr. Pepper sauce. Fair enough. Look. Honey, you married a bear. If you pulled food out of your pocket, he's going to love you for it. <laughs> I know. That. But I'm not going to tell my nephew that. <laughs> exactly. And he's in college. Exactly. Come the fuck on. Awful, awful, awful. And this 33-year-old woman going on a date with this <sighs> tween is just bonkers. And it's so cringe. Like, again, in the, in the restaurant. What's the shortest guy you've ever been on a date with? What's the youngest guy you've ever been on a date with? Awful. What would an eleven-year-old in this situation maybe potentially think that he's supposed to ask those things because he's confused about what sex even is? Yeah, probably. And then gives uh, Shay a a a little business gift. Oh wow, this is beautiful. Oh, but I can't accept this from you. But it's, it's for Mr. Macintosh. Why? Just a little business gift. I mean. It's deductible, isn't it? Which is a heart-shaped necklace. Yeah. Like, when Shay, I was, it was about this point, I was getting Mm -hmm. really pissed off about this price tag, and (laughs) Shay said it for me. You know, a million dollars doesn't buy all that much these days. I was just like, thank you. Yes, thank you. There's, I'm already, you've already overspent as far as I'm concerned. Yes. And then even as he's talking his way out of this, he pulls her out to the fucking fountains and literally gets wet with this kid. Yeah, like up her who. Like she it is. gets a blast of water right up her skirt and you see it. You see it and they're running around and then people applaud. Oh, yes. Look yeah. at this grown ass woman and this child. Who are, What are these people doing there watching these people play in a fountain? It, uh, it almost looks like an act that got voted last on Star Search, <laughs> like a grown ass woman and a little boy dancing. Yes. And for some reason, they're wet. <laughs> I, I, and then the next day, mm-hmm. all the kids are gone and the parents are fine with it because they're all working for Macintosh now. Right. The parents realize in the room with each other that neither has met this person, mm-hmm. but all of their children are at this rich old man's house. Mm-hmm. People, this is why there are so many true crime documentaries these days, because <laughs> this is how people get catfished. This is how people get catfished. This is how those kids got onto fucking Neverland Ranch. Like this is, <laughs> this is literally that. <laughs> You're not wrong. Oh no. Oh no. But he's got his brothers. Washing these go-karts mm-hmm. in preparation, I guess, for his party, which may or may not have already. I can't. I, 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 I lost the thread about when the idea for the party happened. But we get his brothers effectively like, oh, she only wants your firm money. She's a gold digger. Baby brother comes into his own. A little weasel. She knows how to get her girlfriend. Not too bad he picked a fortune on her. Little love pilot. Shot down in flames by a gold digger. By a what? 
gold digger. Someone who's only after money? I know women. And that one's after Macintosh's cold, hard cash. Well, for your information, me and Shay already went on a date, and uh, she had one fantastic time, boys. Yeah. Why, why do these kids know what a gold digger... Why is any... Menominee. Why is any of this... <laughs> it may not have pl- uh, twigged for you, but did you notice the brand on the go-karts? No. These go-karts were from Malibu Grand Prix. Malibu Grand Prix was a go-kart slash like arcade fun park putt-putt chain Yeah, in the 90s. Mm-hmm. I always wanted to go. I never got to go. I was always told it was too expensive my brother got to go and the go-karts were so cool because you had to have like a special driver's license for them because they could go like faster than regular go-karts and you had to be a certain age to ride them mm-hmm. by the time i had my own fucking money to go yeah when i was in high school the place was ridden with mosquitoes the go-karts weren't even running when we went and half the arcades were busted folks i'm <laughs> folks josh pretends that he doesn't carry grudges I'm dealing with but it is shit. things like this that <laughs> that really call that notion into question, oh. and uh, I love him very much. It's not my fault <laughs> that this shit ass movie triggered so much childhood it, memories it, it, for is, me. This is movie is triggering absolutely From in start a lot in lots Sometimes of ways for the wrong reasons. Yes, Preston's sad because his only friend is an adult who has other friends. Yeah, goes to the park to gaze at other children his age playing with a $10 Nerf ball. I don't mm-hmm. know. Um, but all of a sudden, um, they're driving Quigley and Bitterman and uh, Juice. Oh, I forgot about this Are speeding scene. through the park to chase after. What even? Preston. And again, he's an escaped convict, but he's driving this jag through. Recklessly. Through, through pe- a park. Through, through people. And, and then Quigley grabs Butch. Well, 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 if it isn't the world's youngest personal injury attorney. You know you're in a lot of trouble today, little man. Yeah, because today I have been drinking vodka. Take a hike, butt brain. What? You're trying to take a... Never mind, never mind, never mind, never mind. And look, if this kid is uh, the child of an abusive alcoholic parent, no wonder he's suddenly uh, amenable, because... Absolutely. If someone came up yelling at me in a park, swinging a bush beer can, saying that my dad said this, that, and the other thing, I probably would have listened. I'm unloading so much. Why did I? <laughs> yeah. Thanks for coming to Therapy Corner. This is, uh, yeah, this is, this has been, this has been uh, a hell of a time. Do you have anything else for this section? I don't. All right. Well, let's wrap this mother up, please. Afterward, Preston learns that he only has $332 left and that he can't pay the party planner what he owes. His dad shows up talking to the so-called Macintosh, discussing his relationship with his children in depth. He leaves while Preston is in tears, who then chases him. The planner shuts the party down, realizing that Macintosh can't pay, leaving Preston alone in the empty house. Quigley, Bitterman, and Juice arrive and demand Preston return the money, only to find out that Preston has spent it all in six days. After pursuing Preston through the property when the latter tries to escape, the FBI shows up with Shay in time to save Preston. Quigley announces he is Macintosh, thinking that assuming a false identity would grant him a new life. But the FBI arrest him for numerous crimes they intended to charge Macintosh, along with Bitterman and Juice as accomplices. Preston says goodbye to Shay and Henry before returning to his family to celebrate his birthday, now understanding that money can't buy happiness and that his family is what matters most. 
except then he wishes for a girl. This party. So Debbie Allen, God love her, Debbie Allen, who is a force to be reckoned with, as we said at the top of the show. Mm -hmm. um, Look, she eats this part up. I love her as this party yeah, planner. Yeah, she comes in like she's a, a force. fucking tour de force. Yeah, this is. She robs this kid of 30 grand on the spot. Amen. Yes. And then the dress she shows up to at the party, I want it. Mm-hmm. That black and white striped halter dress with the little tutu uh, underskirt. Absolutely. Yes, ma'am, Miss Debbie Allen. But who are these people coming to this party? Yeah. Who invited these people? Who what did are, this guest are, list? Yeah, who 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 were these people? Yeah, what? it's been six days, and you got these people coming and acting like this is a great Gatsby party with that champagne and just cackling in the background. What is happening? And the waiters trying to serve the champagne with like everybody's putting their glass out, and the waiters like haphazardly pouring the champ. It's like that's not that's not how that works. And it's also this not party like, is a disaster. The party is a, is an absolute disaster. Preston's got anxiety about it because you know, this woman three times his age is coming and they might yes. actually have their first kiss. Spoiler alert. They do. And it's gross. And we get this long ass, uh, monologue about, you know, a fool and his money or whatever from Henry. And he starts talking about different ways to skin cats. Fool is gold are soon parted. Those old sayings, man. I don't get them. I don't even know really what that means. You ever heard that uh, more than one way to skin a cat? Have you heard that one? Who skins cats? Why would you skin a cat? And there is not more than one way to skin a cat. There is only one way to skin a cat. You grab the cat, you rip the skin off the cat. What is a number two way? Think about it. What, what do you put a hose up the cat's butt? He gets so bloated that he skins himself. What does he? What does he have? A little piece of Velcro under his butt there? We just like unvelcro him. No. What Ooh, sort of imagery? Said, yep, that's the line we want to. No, do. no somebody why? wrote that. Why? And then somebody said it. And then somebody said it. And then Shay and the FBI are outside planning this raid. And she's been, you know, she, for some reason, she believes that Macintosh will actually show up. Despite the fact that every time she's asked about Macintosh, mm-hmm. Preston has said that Macintosh is busy or otherwise unavailable, such that Shay has never actually been able to speak to Macintosh whenever she's wanted to speak to Macintosh. Yeah. I thought what? you were about to chew my head off for saying Macintosh so many times. I'm just, I'm going to ignore it. Um, and they've got this whole thing planned and put together. <laughs> and, uh, um, we get the tagline for probably my favorite porno. Understood. We got eight men ready to go in there and nail him the second he shows up. We closed this deal tonight. After his dad comes into the room, giving Mr. Macintosh the whole to do about his, uh, uh, you know, hey, I didn't really treat my kid that well and whatever. And Preston trying to cry was yeah. not great no i haven't always paid enough attention to my kids i pushed them too hard uh, maybe especially preston i guess i uh, expect more from him he reminds me of myself at that age i couldn't wait to grow up i'm afraid he's missing out on his childhood so am i <laughs> Why does his dad take a car to this party when they just live down they the block? They live down the street. <laughs> and then Preston runs out after him like, no, dad, come back. Bitch, keep running. You Ex- live four houses down. <laughs> exactly. It doesn't make any sense. Well, I think the implication is, is that they went somewhere else. Yeah, I guess. Because, because they broke down that door home, yeah. and they weren't home. I think that's the but implication. Where? Because they know it's his birthday and he just said, can you send my son home? 
So where are they? Right. Are they all hiding up in Preston's bedroom slash the other kid's office with that cake? Who knows? And when did they discover that their door had been broken down? And then why didn't they like call the the police about it? Because it's it's, bonkers. Yeah. Mm. It's absolutely bonkers. And he can't find Henry after his dad leaves. Now I know who my friends are. Bitch, he was never your friend. He was your employee, sweetheart. Yeah. You gave him multiple thousands of dollars to hang out with you for six days. He's your employee. You paid him 5K and the meter's up. I mean, basically, <laughs> yes. That is, that's absolutely what I thought happened, and I thought it was justified. Yeah. Now, I have never, <laughs> I, and you know, maybe it's because I've never been the one actually signing the checks, but I don't recall a party but, planner ever coming to me in the middle of a party demanding the balance. Usually either it's been paid up by that point or there's a, an invoice. I mean, or you get billed, right? Or you get billed more power to her for literally shutting the shit down when she did not get her money. Absolutely. She said, we're all done here. Thank you very much. And then everybody just started to leave and literally take everything with it. People brought, pe- people grabbed the presents they bought. They grabbed somebody else's <laughs> present. One bitch was taking two bottles of champagne and then somebody snatched Debbie Allen's weave. Yeah. Cause she was trying to like, uh, Debbie was trying to take the wine away from the person that was from this girl that was leaving. And that girl snatched that snatched it right out. And I clapped and, and <laughs> applauded and I loved it. But then I thought, Oh no, is there a degree of tokenism going on here? Was I set up to laugh at this? And yes. then my white guilt set in. But also, what is that teaching kids to like? Is that okay to go snatch somebody's weave? Because it absolutely it's, it's is not. Yeah, I feel like this movie, in addition to all of the weird, predatory, misogynistic nonsense, got a little close to tokenism with Tone Loke and with Miss Debbie Allen. For sure. Both of them uh, far and away better than any of the other white people in this movie. Yeah. They showed up. They did the work. And we're the only two people who seemed unbothered and unscathed. (laughs) This then sort of devolves into like a Home Alone situation where... Slash uh, horror movie. Where Preston is trying to take out Bitterman, Quigley, and Juice. Juice. I, I, we, we have a VR headset. That's not how a VR works. It, it is absolutely not how VR works. It wouldn't control your limbs. No, it's just funny the way that movies like this portray computers and video games as being this thing. It's like, that's, you don't need to make it into something that it's not. It truly isn't because all you're doing is selling something that doesn't fucking exist. Never mind the like giant sumo owning well, that stuff, like renting some of that stuff for a party. Sure. Maybe a couple grand. But a bounce house? But about owning a bounce house? And the upkeep of a bounce house and the fans that have to be running on all those bounce house things that no one is using? Mm. I mean, no wonder he runs out of money so fast. I mean, his power bill must have been insane. Speaking of power, he shuts down the power, but somehow the TV wall, that pedestal, the VR headset, all of that's still powered. (laughs) Somehow, whatever remote control mechanism in that sun chair that is built to hold an 11-year-old but also gets that (laughs) middle-aged fat man up in it. What yeah, is happening? It is nonsense. This escaped convict coming after a kid predatory flipping these tables over. And then he literally gets the drop on him and puts him in that metal cage. And I went, you know, if this were a true horror movie, he'd toss that cage in the pool and that man would drown. And then what does he do? He takes that Malibu Grand Prix go-kart and Mario carts that asshole right into the pool. Right, right into the pool. And mind you, it was locked when like when that all that was happening was latched. 
So the fact that when we cut to the pool and it's open and he's floating and it looks like he's dead, but he's not. He's pretending whatever. It was the the tone loke on the video screen getting shot in the balls with the baseball. Like, this is assault. Like, this is it is. We're getting like truly Robert Rodriguez could remake this movie as a horror film and it would be better. I mean, he's got the location. He's literally got the location and the money. Robert. Oh, God. I mean, literally the back half of my notes here are all in caps. Mine too. I have no with about 87 O's. Do the feds know that she went on a date with an 11 year old? And then are the feds watching when she kisses this 11 year old? On the fucking lips. On the lips. On the lips. On the lips, y'all. No. Not even cutesy on the cheek or on the forehead. No, not not like, hey, you know, yeah, no, this was, it was. We couldn't have Luca actually be about gay Vespas, but we've got this 30 year old kissing an 11 year old. Mm hmm. I'm you lost me. And the penultimate emotional moment is this kid being sad about his adult friend who was only being paid to spend time. With yes. Yeah. What is this movie? It doesn't make any sense. And then, Oh, are we going to talk about the creepiest birthday song? The creepiest birthday. Happy it- birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Preston. Happy birthday to you. Make a wish. You know what they say. Be careful what you wish for. They are going to murder this child. Be what you wish for. I, it was, I almost, I thought it was going to take a Midsommar-esque turn. Right. Gonna, all right. Well, now you're sacrificed to capitalism because you failed at it. That would have been a better Again, ending. Again, Robert Rodriguez, call us. <laughs> we will help ending. you write this. Yes. Good Lord. Okay. We've that, already spent too much time talking about I this. Have. That's all I have. <laughs> Would it in, would it interest you to know that this movie made money? Well, of course it did. You say that, but it did make money. I'm just saying. It didn't like, make a lot of money. So the budget was $13 million and it made $39 million. That yeah. is three times as much. Three times as much. Yeah. And it debuted at number three after Ace Ventura Pet Detectives and The Getaway. Which also is equally misogynistic. And transphobic, but that's not one we're going to dissect. Um, the Rotten Tomatoes critic score is 9%. Oh. On top critics, I, I could not get full reviews on the site, but I went to this second one to get this fun blurb. Lisa Schwartzbaum from Entertainment Weekly, uh, she gave it a C. On September 7th, 2011, I tried to go to her full review and Entertainment Weekly has scrubbed it from their site. <laughs> Marjorie Baumgarten from the Austin Chronicle gave it a one out of five on January 1st, 2000. Well, she, she probably saw it and was like, this doesn't make any sense. They are bopping through San Antonio, Austin, Dallas without issue. The full review goes into how like, yes, it was filmed in Texas, but you can't really notice. I, I argue if you're paying attention, you could notice. But then again. She wouldn't have been watching this on digital where you could pause. And Fair enough. Whatever. This, this excerpt from her uh, review was uh, delightful. Blank check must be what these filmmakers had when they made this movie. Not that it reeks of extra- extravagance in its workmanship. This movie simply reeks. With an unbelievable premise, blank check does little to fill out its bare bones structure. Agreed, Marjorie. This movie Absolutely simply agreed. reeks. Oh, Marjorie. Viewers gave it a 34, but it's Ugh. worth noting that viewer reviews continue going. And nostalgia is a hell of a drug. Uh, I pulled three. Yeah. <laughs> so so we've got Jess N who in 2009 gave it a half a star said not bad for a Saturday or Sunday hangover. You see why that one popped out at me. Yeah. Mark a on January 10th of this year gave it four stars. Mm-hmm. Great movie. A true nineties classic that some people need to remember. 
was made for children back then and not grown adults in the 2020s. It has stood the test of time. My eight-year-old son loves it. Mark um, A is currently boycotting Disney. You can't convince me otherwise. <laughs> I don't I don't understand. Not made for adults. No, the adults in the room would have known it was shitty too because uh, never For mind. sure. And never Mark, mind. it's really never irresponsible mind. for you to be showing your eight-year-old son this movie. Super irresponsible. But Super Mark irresponsible. Mark is probably the kind of person who thinks it's hot that this 11-year-old is kissing a 33-year-old. That's yeah, my point. That is that Dale is the point. R. Yeah. A little bit more aligned with us. But as you can see, he had a lot to say. Yeah, this is a paragraph. He gave it one star, and this was in 2021, saying, uh, this is a movie about an 11-year-old boy who is given a blank check for by a con man. Uh, he fills out for $1 million. Uh, what fills this movie is a bunch of missed opportunities and bad writing and maybe a little bit of bad direction. Uh, yeah, that's an understatement. Uh, there are several montages of the boy and his hired limo driver having fun. It, did I say something wrong? No, you didn't. I just don't like this next line. Oh yeah. No, 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 no. He started shaking his head and I was just like, am I doing something wrong? It would have served the narrative better to have dialogue between the two of them while having fun to build the relationship between the two of them. No, because your 11 year old child doesn't need to be developing a friendship with a middle-aged service industry. Yes. It's weird. It's fucking weird and he probably wasn't middle-aged i'm over generalizing but he was at least also in his 30s yeah no it, it, yeah it, no it's gross fun trivia we've touched on this a bit but blank check was filmed in austin san antonio and dallas the castle house that preston buys is now covered in greenery um it was josh said it was a bush it's if you look at it on wikipedia it looks like a bush um it the 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 address is on Wikipedia. Yes. So I, a, because probably because it's a public historical. Oh, it's a historical landmark. Yeah. yeah. Um, because now Robert Rodriguez lives or owns it. So if you want to know where Robert Rodriguez has a house, his address is on Wikipedia. Mm -hmm. The theme park, guys, we said that's Fiesta, Texas. Mm -hmm. You see both the Rattler and the power surge, which are both still there. Mm -hmm. The Rattler still looks like that from the outside, but listeners take it from someone who went last spring if you haven't been to Fiesta, Texas in a while, they redid that coaster not long ago. And my fat ass was scared I was going to fall out. It was terrifying. It was thrilling. I'm going to go again and do it. Yeah. But just it was know fun. it was fun. But the Rattler in this movie is not the Rattler you see at Fiesta, Texas now. So do not no, be fooled. No, absolutely not. Uh, the bank that was featured in the movie is the historic Alamo National Bank building. Uh, the bank lobby was featured and uh, has a 23 story office tower above it. Uh, the building was opened in 1929 and today houses the Dury Plaza Hotel. Yes. In recent years, the appropriateness of a scene, a scene, uh, it's the scene. Depicting a kiss between Preston and Shane near the end of the film has been called into question, particularly with Shane's job at his nature with the FBI. Thank you. Brian Bonsall was 11 years old at the time of filming. Karen Duffy was 31. Concerns were first raised in an episode of 2009's Nostalgia Critic. Um... In 2017, when it was added to Netflix, it's a lot of folks started seeing it again. They were like, no, wait a minute. Um, and last year, two years ago, when news of the Love Simon spinoff, not, you know, getting cut for or getting its kisses cut because it was too adult or whatever. But this was still on the platform. Yeah. And again, I say you really can't like for fuck's sake, there's no adult men kissing any children on Disney Plus anywhere. But we got this. It's uh, it's woo! not it's not great. And and again, it. Uh, yeah, please, please, dear God, don't watch this movie. 
Like there's no there's no reason there's no reason to it's watch it. It's not uncommon we, that sometimes people will listen to one of our episodes and go, "Wait, is it as bad as they're saying?" And they're like, "We some of these people we can't tell them not to." Listener, sure. we're not exaggerating here. I know sometimes we do that for effect, and sure, our reactions might be exaggerating. There were but parts, we are telling you like it there is. were parts of this movie where I I I needed to get up and leave the room. Yeah, like it is three adult gay men sitting here watching this, going, "Oh my god." It was, it, it just was, it was too cringy. It's just, and, and again, even though that one guy is saying, you know, like this is a 2020 problem or whatever. No, it's not. This is, no. this is a problem that's existed for a very fucking long time. And the fact that this still exists on the platform is kind of gross. Like yeah. I feel it's a uh, little icky. It is I mean, really icky. We've got warnings ahead of like Peter Pan and similar, yes. similar pieces. Now they need I need to honestly, have shit like that. I here. think either the rating needs to go up or it needs some sort of like depictions of inappropriate relation. I don't know. Like it's, it's all in for a larf, but Jesus, or this just is, remove the movie. I don't even feel yeah, like it, it needs to be need on the to fucking the platform. platform. I agree. Just deplatform you. it. They d- they've done that with plenty of other movies that have called into question. And yeah. I get it. You know what? These movies got made. Yeah, like people like that. I, that's but there's a difference. Something I don't happened. think there's any historical significance to seeing this and to knowing. Oh, this was absolutely a, not. We, we have plenty of there's evidence. A reason. I mean, Song of the South has more historical uh, uh, um, resonance, resonance. I would say, like there's yes. there's a reason to look at Song of the South and go, oh, right. But there's no reason to look at. There's Blank no Shack. reason to look at this because it is just no. It, it's just awful and, no. and re- really, really, really bad. So. Yeah, uh, that that's that's all I want to talk about. That's blank that's shit. It. Yeah, I've <laughs> uh, Patreon content is kicking back up this year at patreon.com slash making mischief. Yes. You get bonus content from us and from shows all over the mischief media network. Uh, we're probably doing something soon. Yes. Who knows? Maybe we'll talk about uh, Moon Knight, Moon Knight or Morbius. Or something. I don't want to talk about Morbius again. <laughs> we don't talk about Morbius. No, no, no. no. Um, patreon.com slash making mischief <laughs> head there. Uh, you can find the show on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at nonplusspod. Where can they send us emails if they want to, Clancy? You can send it to submissions at nonplusspod.com. Yeah. And you can let us know your thoughts on the movie. You can yes. suggest a movie for us to watch. Mm-hmm. You can tell us to, that we've done a great service by telling you not to watch this yeah, movie. We love those. Please. Um, and be sure to rate, review, subscribe, follow, what have you in mm-hmm. your podcast player of preference. Spread the word. Let people know. But help us game that algorithm there as well. Um, that's pretty much it. I'm, 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 <laughs> look, this is awful. That over there is my husband, Clancy. And that over there is my husband, Josh. And truly, 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 we are nonplus. Nonplus, absolutely. Like, like, watch this and accuse me of grooming motherfucker. I can't. This is just, who? I can't. I'm so, I'm, ba- I'm boggled, baffled, bewildered. It's, it, no. 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 Just no. 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 No.
this movie was gonna bring up so much. <laughs> Remember, you can get twenty dollars off your first box of booze boosters from Shaker and Spoon with the code nonplus. Just go to shakerandspoon.com slash nonplus to get your twenty dollars off today. Add some personality to your potions and some spice to your sauce. Ew.